I want to move us this morning right to the heart of this parable. In many ways, it's pretty cut and dried. Like many of his parables, uh, Jesus' parables, uh, this one is filled with allegorical language. It's It's an allegory, meaning that each character stands for something else. The wise and the foolish bridesmaids are the followers of Jesus, awaiting his return. He is the bridegroom, of course, and the wedding party uh, that they are preparing for upon his arrival is the kingdom of God. All of that seems rather um, simple to understand. But the wild card in this parable is the oil. It's clearly the thing on which the parable centers. It's the main thing in the story. The lack of it is what produces the crisis for the foolish ones and ultimately results in them being shut out of the party. So the question, at least that I ask this morning, is what does this oil stand for in this allegory? Let's hold that question open for just a moment and think more deeply about the problem with the foolish bridesmaids. The problem was not that they didn't expect the bridegroom, that they were not waiting for the bridegroom. They were. They were right there. And the problem was not that they fell asleep. All ten bridesmaids in the parable fall asleep. The problem wasn't that they didn't have any oil. They did. All ten bridesmaids came with their lamps full of oil. No, the problem was that they didn't bring extra oil. As Tom Long puts it, the bridesmaids were ready for the bridegroom. The problem is that they were not prepared for the bridegroom's delay. And that's what makes this parable such an important word, I think, for the church in 2020. We are still very much waiting on the coming of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, as we say every Sunday in prayer. We are reminded almost daily of the delay of that coming kingdom, of the gap between the way things are and the way God intends them to be, what we believe will be when kingdom comes. I was in a Presbytery committee Zoom meeting this past week, and we approved a very exciting new program for our Presbyterian food bank in the Antioch area in Nashville. This came about when a a church in the community uh, received unexpectedly this gift of several dozen boxes of food. And because it was unexpected, they hurriedly advertised that the food was there and that anyone could come between the hours of 9 and 1 to pick up the food if they needed it, and that there would be enough in a single box for a full week of food for a family. The church thought it would take the full amount of time, those several hours, to distribute the food. But to their horror, in many respects, they saw that the food was gone in 30 minutes. And they turned away many families in the remaining time. And any of us who've worked with One Gen Away 
we know what those lines look like, not, not just in Nashville, but in, in Williamson County as well. And we know, do we not, that as long as anyone goes hungry, the kingdom has not come, not in its fullness. And with the pandemic showing no signs of slowing down, with over 100,000 new cases for the last four days, and each of those subsequent days reaching a new record in our country, we know that things are not as God intends that the kingdom is in many ways delayed. And with an election with a, that we just completed that continues to show a nation starkly divided, with one writer I read suggesting that the votes make it seem as though we are living in two completely different worlds, unsure about how we can bridge the divide. And the kingdom seems far away in those moments, which have been legion here in these years. It seems to me, at least, that at least part of what the oil represents is our posture in the waiting. It's easy for us to adopt a posture of cynicism. It's easy to become cynical, to believe Nothing is ever going to change to give in to the siren call of unmitigated despair. It would be easy to show up uh, for the waiting with just enough oil. And when the tough times come and the delay begins to weigh on us, we are dry. And cynicism and hopelessness and despair while completely understandable, are not in the end postures appropriate to the Christian disciple because we proclaim that God has not abandoned us. Through the Spirit, God inspires our presence and practice of faith in God, faith in the world, and God gives us eyes to see all the ways Christ continues to be with us in transformative ways right here amid the waiting. If you think about it, it's pretty clear that the oil in the parable, its purpose is to illuminate the bridegroom, to call attention to his presence, to guide his procession into the party, this is the reason, at least I think, that the five with the extra oil do not share with the five whose oil had run out. To do so would dim their own lamps. And the result would be ten lamps with barely enough light to shine on the bridegroom, to see him as he comes. The parable is no doubt a reminder to, in the words of the old African-American spiritual, to keep our lamps trimmed and burning, to stock up on the oil of worship and prayer and study and service and giving and all the other practices that train our eyes to see Christ when he comes to establish his kingdom at the last and to see his presence among us even now, 
in the waiting to shine a light on all of those glimpses of that coming kingdom and to walk by this light now, even as we wait for its fulfillment. And so we do grieve. We grieve the losses that have come our way in this pandemic. The, the, the loss of life is horrifying enough. But there are so many other losses that have come in the wake of this disease. So we grieve, and rightly. But we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We look for signs, even through tears, of the ways God's peace and grace are present for us. We lift our collective anger and grief and our questions, all of it to the one in whom we place our trust. We light our lamps, in other words. We seek the presence of the bridegroom to illuminate his presence in the middle of the pain. And we embrace our call to live in, but not of, the world. We push back against all that would divide us from our neighbor all that would place us in political and cultural boxes. We reach out to those who are different from us. We reach out to those who think differently from us, who perceive the world differently than we do, who vote differently than we do, because we know that God's grace and peace are for all and connect us to one another in a common cord of humanity. We affirm this in so many ways. God's love is for all people. We shine a light in so doing on the coming one who turns no one away. And we join hands with our hungry neighbors who live with the ultimate insecurity of not knowing where their next meal is coming from as they wait in a long line on a cold morning for just enough food for their household for maybe a week. Black people and brown people and white people of all ages and backgrounds, united in their need, and we, united with them in the dream of a coming day when none of God's children go hungry and testifying to that coming day, shining a light on its coming by sharing what we have. All of this we do in response to God's grace as we ourselves wait. The kingdom has not come in all its fullness, but we do not lose heart. We serve, we pray, we worship, we learn, we weep, we laugh. We love as we wait. And in these acts, we shine a light on the one who is among us and who is coming still. We shine a light in the present darkness. And we ourselves are able to see Christ right here in the midst of it all. When we talk about giving to the church, we often say, that we give not because the church needs our money, but because we need to give. 
We speak of giving, in other words, as a spiritual practice. I would also say, though, that we give to the ministries of the church because each one of those ministries is a source of oil, as Christ speaks of it here. When we gather in the courtyard in the shadow of the cross or in this space, offering our worship, we add oil in our lamps. And those who have gathered today already and will gather either in video or in person to talk and learn and share friendship in Sunday school or on a, in a committee meeting or a small group or in a session meeting, all of us in those ways are filling our lamps. And when we go out into the world to feed the hungry, to advocate for the powerless, to knit blankets for the cold, all of that is oil in our lamps, a, an illumination of the coming Christ. Some of you remember when my good friend Mark Brown, a chaplain at St. Jude Hospital in Memphis, came and spoke with us for a series of lectures. He said at one point in those lectures that in his, in his role as a chaplain at the hospital, he had to go into a room as he has had to far too many times to go into a room, in this case, with a mother who was going to have to tell her eight-year-old daughter that she, the daughter, was not going to live. And Mark was understandably filled with anxiety. But he said as soon as he walked into the room and the mother started speaking, it was as if a, a veil was lifted. And he watched and listened in amazement as the mother reminded her daughter of all of the shared experiences they had had in church. She said, do you remember this? Do you remember that? The worship services, the, the Christmas Eve service, the, the various uh, children's groups, the, the rituals of the church, the table and the fonts, all of the Bible stories, all of the people that had shared with her about a God who had loved her from the time she was born and loves her now and whose love would never end but live with her forever, even at the end, which was really just a new beginning. Mark described how calm and how knowing and faith-filled mother and daughter were in that moment of such extreme pain and grief. And he said it was like the mother was opening this chest with, and pulling out all of these stories and experiences, shared experiences, all of these things inside it that they had accumulated, preparing them for this day. I think there's another metaphor that we can set alongside the chest that Mark spoke of. They had oil in their lamps, more than enough to shine a light on the coming one who was coming still and who could be seen with such clarity in that hospital room. Even in that moment of death and grief, the promise and hope of new life. That, to me, is what the ministries of the church, 
which you support with your amazing generosity, is all about oil in our lamps. More than enough worship and study and service to wait and to work for the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So let us this day wait and give and live with joy. Amen.